This is Listen Up, Home Buyers, the only podcast offering home buying advice and tips from true buyer agents. And now, here's your host, Victoria Ray Henderson. I'm Victoria Henderson, the host of Listen Up, Home Buyers. And I read a headline, and the first thing I thought was I need to call Ramez Fami with Caliber Home Loans and get some answers to my questions. So, Ramez, first of all, thank you for coming on Listen Up, Home Buyers. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure as always. Yeah, I quick notice because I read it this morning and I immediately got in touch with you. And the headline read, Mortgage Giants Raise Loan Limits to a Record Level for 2023. It was a CNN um, headline. So I need you to walk me through this. Um, and in the article, they mention a couple of things, and I'm just going to kind of put it out there. You give me some answers if, if you don't mind. Who are Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae? So yeah, so Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are better known as the, you know, the Federal National Mortgage Association and then the Federal Home Loans Mortgage Corporation. Those are the kind of the acronyms and then the nicknames that kind of come along with them. But they are the, uh, you know, basically the largest purchaser of mortgages in the country. Right. Uh, and they are basically like kind of like a quasi government institution. Um, they are kind of managed, uh, through the federal, um, the federal home loan you know, mortgage sort of association. Um, and they, like I said, they purchase mortgages. Um, they're the largest purchaser of mortgages uh, in the country. Your other options are basically kind of FHA and VA. Uh, mm-hmm. And those are sort of managed by HUD. And then there's your private investors out there, which are kind of portfolio banks, credit unions, those sort of things. Okay. And uh, lenders that, you know, are, are servicing loan, you know, that, that are purchasing loans outside of the, the main agencies. But I would say probably 80% of loans out there today, okay. maybe okay. higher are going through uh, Fannie and Freddie. Yeah. Okay. So, um, okay. So break this down for me. What is a conforming loan? Okay. So a conforming loan is a loan that is being sold to one of these two agencies or a conventional loan. Um, there are, you know, they will start off with a minimum down payment of say a 3% down payment. And then, you know, anything above that, uh, some of your sort of specialty programs like Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have what are called home ready and home possible. Those are sort of their programs that are geared a little bit more towards your sort of low to moderate income borrower. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Fannie and Freddie in the past year have really kind of changed what type of loan it is that they want. They are wanting less to cater to sort of your high-end buyer who's thinking about buying uh, second homes or your kind of much higher balance type loans mm-hmm. uh, and really trying to concentrate their efforts on sort of your your low to moderate and you know income borrower. Okay. So why do you think they're doing that? I mean, I, I, have, I why? think- Why? Because be I believe that, they're, that, that their charter you know, that they have with the, you know, with the federal government is really kind of geared towards that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're kind of getting back to those kind of roots that they had initially. Uh, one of the big things that they did earlier in the year was they added these what are called loan level price adjustments, which are basically kind of like add-ons to pricing and rates for things like second homes, right? Mm-hmm. Used mm-hmm. to be a second home, you could get a similar interest rate as a primary residence. right? And then these sort of high balance loans, where you know we can look at the new limits. Uh, so the way that the limits are sort of structured, um, they were at like six hundred and forty-seven thousand uh, dollars a year ago, and the conforming loan limits now nationwide 
have gone up to 726,200. So you could get a, a loan with Fannie or Freddie up to that, uh, that loan amount. Now in certain areas, uh, like the area where we do a lot of business, um, which is a kind of the Washington metropolitan area, right. those limits are considered, those areas are considered what are called high cost areas, right? right? And so the high cost areas um, have these sort of higher loan limits and those loan limits are 150% higher than the, than the regular limits. So in, yeah. in the DC metro area, you can do what's called a high balance loan, which comes with a little bit of a premium associated with it, as I mentioned before, all the way up to a million and $89,000 loan. Okay. So you could buy a house for basically, you know, $1.1 million and only put like a 5% down payment today. Okay. So tell me about what risks are involved for a home buyer um, in, in this scenario that's, that's been, that's happening with the raising. I mean, the risk to the home buyer, I mean, I don't think that the industry would characterize it necessarily as a risk. I think mm -hmm. there's always a risk with a home buyer overextending themselves. Right. Um, you know, obviously there's underwriting guidelines in place that, that help to sort of curb that. Right. Um, but I think as I've spoken on previous calls that we've had, I believe it's important to, to really consult with the, with the consumer to say, hey, what are you comfortable paying versus what can I get you qualified for? Because what I can get you qualified for is typically a lot higher than what you're comfortable paying. There's only certain items that are taken into consideration when determining debt income ratios. So if you have things, additional expenses, like maybe you're, you've got certain daycare expenses or maybe you have uh, you know, a child in, 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 in private school or, right. or in, you know, like I said, like, you know, pre-K, you know, those, those types of things that a consumer would typically have to pay for, those aren't considered part of your sort of debt to income ratio type items. And typically when one is being qualified, they're being qualified based on the minimum payments that appear on a credit report, right? Mm -hmm. And now we know that your minimum payment on your credit card typically is just sort of an interest accrual. So right. If you're qualifying someone all the way up to the maximum amount, that could put them uh, in, in sort of a more right in, in a precarious area. position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, so, so in layman's terms, um, people when when they're doing this, they really need to be aware of their costs and really be forthcoming with the information to you as they're applying. You know, talking about what it is that they're what 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 they're comfortable with and what they're paying for every month. A hundred percent. That's why you need to be having conversations with folks and lenders, whether it be me or someone else, and really kind of walking through a, a customer's needs, right? Just going online, making an online application, having it sent out to sort of like one of these sort of internet lenders, and they're just kind of plugging in numbers for you and spitting out a rate and spitting right. out an estimate. That I don't believe that gets to, um, I don't believe that that necessarily gets the consumer what they're looking for. No less than, you know, no different than you go to see your, your physician and they just take your blood count and they don't ask you any other questions. Right. Um, you know, you can get a good amount of the story from the blood work, but you can't get the whole story. And I think right. the same uh, holds true for, uh, you know, getting a mortgage and buying a home. Okay. So with more, these mortgage giants, Freddie and Fannie, raising the loan limits, um, how do you see, and I'm not really, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but- um, sure. How do you see that affecting um, the market? Uh, I guess more specifically, right here in the greater Washington D.C., Baltimore area. Yeah, I mean, I think it. it 
I, I don't think it's a deterrent to the market. I mean, I think it's helpful. I think what they use to determine like what they're moving these income or these these limits up to to determine on sort of median sales price of homes. Um, you know, there's there's certain income components to some of the programs that they have, and those are increasing on an annual basis. So, you know, this this increase was probably the biggest increase that we've seen in a long time. Uh, as far as percentage wise, mm-hmm. uh, last year was, you know, it was a pretty decent increase as well. But obviously, as people know, the, the housing market has gotten a bit more expensive all over the country, not just mm-hmm. sort of, you know, specific right. to the Washington metropolitan area. Right. Really, like I said, I think it's super important that any consumer looking to buy, you know, has a frank conversation with a lender who's, you know, you know, who's well-educated and, and kind, kind of talk through the process um, now we had talked about, um, you know, what, what are other options out there for folks? Uh, there are sort of like these sort of like private, um, buyers of loans, sort of portfolio loans that are out there that many times will play in the space in the same kind of loan space, um, where these sort of conforming loans are available. Tell me, and tell today, me what you mean by that. Exactly. Well, what I mean by playing in the same space is in the same loan amount range. Okay. Because in the past, many of your investors out there say, hey, we're going to do a loan. And in this case, anything that's over $726,200, we would be willing to accept. Got right? It. We're not doing any loans below that limit. And so they're not like competing directly with, with Fannie and Freddie. Well, what you're starting to see now is some of these sort of private loans. And, and, and honestly, I think Fannie and Freddie want to see the private you know, market back in to the space so uh-huh. that they're not bearing the burden of every single right. loan that's that's done out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's certain adjustable rate mortgage programs and things like that that you know you might see better terms than you would in the in the agency space. Um, and once again, you, you want to be talking to a lender that can basically offer all of these right. types of explain things. Like the I said, right. Explain just, the options, right? Explain the options. Explain the risks. Yeah. Right. I mean, a 30-year fixed rate, right, that would be considered sort of the most secure loan that's out there, right? Right. Um, A lot of people have sort of shied away from doing adjustable rate mortgages and things like that. But as we've seen just in the last three or four weeks, you know, some of these inflation readings that are coming out are starting to be positive, meaning, you know, yesterday, Chairman Powell came out and said, hey, look, we may not be moving rates quite what we thought we were. You know, last month, the consumer price index came out and the inflation readings were lower than right. what they had initially uh, anticipated. And as a result, we saw some improvement, you know, some pretty good improvements in pricing after some really, really bad months. So we are starting to see sort of like sort of a little bit of a downturn in rates, like mm-hmm. in a positive way. Yeah. And hopefully we'll continue yeah. to get positive readings on the economy and inflation. And, you know, I've been doing this since 1994. And anytime there's been a, you know, a recession, we've always seen rates come down. Now, is that, is that for certain that will happen? No, uh, I'm not an economist, uh, but this is sort of my experience and what my experience tells me. So a lot of folks who are doing some of these adjustable rate mortgages and such now, they don't anticipate being in those loans for that five or seven or 10 years. They think there will be an opportunity for a refinance to occur, exactly. you know, probably sometime in the next, you know, 12 to 24 months. Yeah. 
You know, um, you touched on so many things, but one of the things that that um, bothers me as a as a real estate broker, and I only work with home buyers, is a lot of the sensational headlines. You know, I'll read some sensational headline, and then I get to the meat of the story, and it doesn't quite match what that headline is. So, my my advice to to everyone is. Don't just read the headlines, read the meat of a story and also know, I, I believe we're moving through a period of time that we've never quite experienced, or at least not in, in any recent memory that I can think of. So it's right. different, right? Um, but reacting too quickly and reacting to headlines is not a way to navigate this particular um, situation. Yeah, I think it's like anything, whether it be investing or buying a house, you know, when there's that herd mentality out there. Yeah. Like you said, people read the headlines um, and then they freak out. I mean, right now, I believe the housing market has slowed down. A lot of it is because of these headlines. Yeah. What's really interesting is a year, a year and a half ago, people didn't have a problem, you know, going $100,000 over the list price, waiving every concession, every, you know, contingency that was out there so that they could, you know, buy a house because interest rates were so low. And I get it why people did that. Well, now interest rates are higher, but you know, houses aren't escalating at that same rate that they were. You still have, now you have the ability to have an appraisal contingency and a home inspection contingency. So that kind of the pendulum is swinging back towards the borrower a little bit, the buyer a little bit, which I I think is a good thing. And, you know, in the end, you know, this pendulum swings back and forth and you'd like it to sit in the middle somewhere so that, you know, like equal negotiations can be happening back and forth. Right. That's right. Um, so, yep. you know, more because rates are higher now, that's fine. Maybe you're paying a little bit more and making sure that you can qualify for it in these, you know, first couple of years. But, you know, rates always have the, you know, the ability to drop and, and, and a refinance can occur. That's I mean, right. one of the one of the programs that a lot of folks are using in, in lieu of an arm, you may have heard the term a temporary buy down. Mm-hmm. Right. And a temporary buy down is basically a fixed rate loan. But for the first year or two years of that loan, there's a subsidy account that's in place that basically pays the difference between what the note rate is and whatever that year's rate is. So you might have a fixed rate that was at, say, you know, six and a half or seven percent. But if a seller was giving you uh, seller help, you could use some of that seller help to temporarily mm-hmm. buy that rate down mm-hmm. for a year or two years so that your first year, maybe you're spending that rate at like four and a half percent. Yeah. And then you're going to five and a half percent. And then year three through 30 is going to be at six and a half percent. Now, in that first two years, if the opportunity presents itself to refinance, lender comes in, takes that loan out, replaces it with a new loan. And any money that was left over in that buy down subsidy typically will come back to the borrower and can be used towards kind of covering closing costs for a refinance and that sort of thing. But you have to be with a lender who kind of understands that and right. talk you through it and give you as a consumer a little bit of, okay, here's our plan. It's not just, okay, let me just get them into a loan and let me move on to the next customer. We spend a lot of time talking to our past customers on on the best way to sort of like, you know, navigate these waters. Yeah. Just everything that you just covered right there so quickly and, and, and so well is exactly why, uh, 
everyone needs to talk to a really qualified, good lender because you've got answers. I mean, right. covered a lot in a short amount of time. I told you I didn't have much time before you just went right at it. I yeah. appreciate it. Um, Ramez Fami with uh, Caliber Home Loans, uh, my go-to guy when I have questions like this about market conditions. Thank you so much for joining me on Listen Up Homebuyers. It really has been a pleasure. Thank you, Victoria. Appreciate it. You've been listening to Listen Up Home Buyers, the only podcast offering home buying advice and tips from true buyer agents.